Hello and welcome to Imp's LP Radio Adventure on Lords of Pain. On this is the Spreaker feed you're currently listening to, where I go, uh, I go live a little bit earlier just so I can set up all of the stuff to do with the with the actual Lords of Pain page itself, and I can log into the bloody account which I haven't logged into. That's great, isn't it? it uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, so today we're gonna, uh, the quarter one earnings call finished just a little while ago, so that is what I'm going to be doing today, talking about all of that. But at the moment, you get me clicking about to being uh, super, trying to rapidly do it as quickly as possible as I watch my final minute before I'm live tick down and hope to God that everything's working fine. Cool, and I click update and everything's working fine. And that makes it all good. There we go, Betty. <laughs> my internet's not looking. If you hear any issues... Uh, Audio-wise, during this, uh, I guess, stream or whatever, I am... I've been having issues with the internet, hence why I'm like, come on, Betty! <laughs> it's like my internet is cutting out a little bit. And, oh, I've got one more thing I've not done. Just before we do, you know, messing up. I'll be uh, clicking to go live in a second, but I do need to just find the post to do with this. <laughs> right, there we go. So, uh, just doing my last thing before we can finally go live. And hopefully it's been put there with all of the conference call stuff that's been happening. I don't think it has. Oh, that's great. Oh, got to go to another place. Before I can go... This is bloody brilliant content, as I'm realising I can't do the thing I wanted to do. So I've now got to go another route to get it. And I can't go live till I've done it. So, you're stuck with me. <laughs> Clicking about on this podcast version. And you've got no idea why. You've got no idea what I'm doing. This is great. Oh, here we go. Nearly done. So the conference call ended a little while ago, and I'm going through the call and everything. Uh, I have only just really been able to finish what I'm... And we're live! Uh, that's not been that exciting. It's a Q1 conference call. <laughs> that's not get that exciting. Right. Finally, right, I can bloody click go live on YouTube and do the theme tune and everything. So you've enjoyed me rambling about this is bonus content <laughs> podcasters get. Anyway... Uh, I guess enjoy me. You've enjoyed me rambling. Now you can enjoy my the theme tune. What am I on about? Okay. Anyway, see you in a second. Adios. Ten. Hello and welcome to LOP on YouTube, on Spreaker, on wherever you get your podcast feeds. We're from every, on everything from iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, LOP. We'll be talking today about the WWE Q1 earnings call that finished just a little while ago, going over everything that happened and taking a special look at just the case, but just the conversation topic of was it even worth the firings last week? Was it necessary? Was it all necessary to even do it in the first place? So, huzzah, I'm just going to take my audio's working. Yep. So, first thing to take into account, this is obviously the COVID-19 situation. I can say that now. YouTube said they I can say that, say that, so hopefully it doesn't all fall apart. But as we are in the COVID situation, uh, everything's a little bit thrown together in terms of professionalism. There's currently a dishwasher on about three feet away from me. 
<laughs> the dishwasher has got five minutes left. It told me that it wasn't going to be going at this point half an hour ago, but it's still going. So the dishwasher lied to me. <laughs> become enemies with the dishwasher. Uh, so that if you can hear noises, that's what's happening. This situation has thrown randomness just into happening. But there you go. It's a situation you're going to have to put up with. But in terms of the conference call, I'll be using like a mixture of Laws of Pain's notes. Uh, Laws of Pain had Mark Middleton listening in on the call and making uh, a, a really long detailed post about the entire thing, which is up on the Wrestling Headlines website, slash Laws of Pain. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm switching names about with that, uh, Laws of Pain is, over the course of the year, slowly making the transition over to WrestlingHeadlines.com. Uh, it's a name that uh, that's been... That Laws of Pain has had for quite a while just to be able to use. As in, if you typed in this website address, it would take you to Laws of Pain. So it's been a name that we've had. But we're finally just like making a little shift now over to that name. So it's a tad more marketable, even though Laws of Pain is... No. Anyway, I'm not involved in that decision. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I'm just plugging it to let everybody know. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, but yeah, so Marble does him with a really detailed piece on wrestlingheadlines.com. So if you want to go and read that, you can read it along. I'm not going to be going through the entire thing. That's not mental. I'll split up bits over it. Uh, also, uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics or Fightful, he's made uh, he's made awesome threads on Twitter as well. So if you want to go and follow him, I'll plug the actual handle at Brandon Thurston. That's bloody convenient. Didn't need to look that up. <laughs> so that's great. So, also if there are any questions and things, and if I miss anything off about it, just send me them. Even if you're if you're listening not live and you do have a question, uh, perfectly fine. Just to send that in, I will get to it and answer it. Uh, even if this current life that I've got is made me more busy rather than got nothing. I know lots of, uh, it's a real mixture. Some people have become extremely busy. Some people have suddenly got nothing on their plate and it's really weird. I'm in the busy camp. So yes, it's, it's really weird. I've not been able to put out any columns for, since this has started really, just because it's, there's just no time to sit down, watch wrestling. I mean, even when I've got time, like mentality wise, I've just not been able to switch off. So I can't take it in, can't really write anything about that. Maybe I'll try and put something out eventually at some point. Anyway, that's me finishing rambling, giving people time to kind of log into the different vehicles that this is going out on. So, first off, I'm going to talk about the, I guess, highlights overall with a bit of stutter start stop at the start because of it links so strongly to the title of this video. Makes sense to address the title of the video first. Just get that out of the way before we go into the nitty-gritty details and other little talking points. So... Unless you can't read and you just click the nice video with the white writing on it. Were WWE firings necessary? Talking about the WWE Q1 or quarter one earnings call. Were they necessary? Did they have to do that in order to keep the business afloat? Or just to keep that margin to stop them from dipping just a little bit too far? Uh, which was projected maybe as in firing to stop your stock market dripping Stock market value dipping just a little bit too low. Did you fire them because of that? Well, it turns out, yes, dishwasher's finished. Suck it, dishwasher, I win. <laughs> None of you care about that, but I've won the feud. <laughs> so, uh, looking at this, you'll quickly realise in terms of were they necessary. It, mo- morally, there's a massive sudden, like, oh, right then. <laughs> like, realize, moral realisation, that's the phrase I'm looking for. So, the quarter one 2020 highlights, uh, Vince McMahon went through this at the beginning of the call and then went into more detail and took on questions. It was him and somebody else who has the name of someone else. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Anyway, so uh, WWE's first quarter performance was strong um, and it's... Oh, well, uh, yeah, so 
Coming out at $77.3 million for Q1, exceeding the company's uh, it says rescinded guidance of 60 to $65 million in a challenging environment. So it was rescinded because of the COVID-19 thing, but it excelled that by like $12 million, at $12 million at the previous guidance's peak as well. So we see it's $12 million and the reports about how much firing these employees actually saved them, it's nothing. It's the drip in the water. Does it, it, it's it, it, in terms of the when we're going into this, going oh, we we'll maybe get a bit more information to the morality because we've got the moral questions of, of firing them during pandemic, during tough times where they're not going to be able to find any more work. There are no wrestling companies putting on shows, so they've got nowhere else to go. So. Finding them during this time, it's a pretty crappy situation to be in. Obviously, there are other people in much worse situations given that this job did pay relatively well. So there are others in much, much worse situations. But that doesn't make this situation fine. It's still crappy for those people. It still sucks. Puts them in a pretty bad situation. Was it necessary? Going by these numbers? Absolutely not. Not even close. Not necessary at all. And uh, a, the argument came up about uh, Disney firing hundreds. Like, why aren't you complaining about this, this other company doing that? I was like, well, obviously that's also bad, but we're in the wrestling bubble <laughs> kind of thing. So obviously we've focused on the wrestling companies. Uh, just like, um, well, you can't call this company bad if you... Yeah, you can't say anything about that company when you're not saying anything about this one. Like, well, I can also then... When that's brought to my attention, I can also then criticise them. Like saying um, you can't criti- you can't criticise... One state's response without criticising your own is that like, I can criticise both of them. <laughs> Surely I can do that. <laughs> That's nothing. Like, oh, I, I said that first sentence wrong. Yeah, you can't criticise one state's actions uh, in terms of addressing COVID if you are if your own state isn't handling it well. Well, I can criticise both of them. Surely, <laughs> surely that's how this works. There's nothing holding me back from giving everybody criticism, right? Uh, so, like with the Disney argument, they fired a hundred thousand employees compared to WWE. Like in comparison, like that's mental, absolutely mental. Well, they didn't fire them, did they? Did they furlough them? I think that's a bit different. Also, um, I'm not sure what the. Uh, but there must be differences in furloughing over here in the UK and furloughing in America because the procedures will be different. But over here in the UK, you get certain guarantees, and the, the money obviously comes from tax. So the because it's paid for by the government, it's kind of presented that way. I don't know how it works in America to what degree in terms of the furloughing. My assumption is it's in basic. Terms, relatively simple, but there's so many more different laws in America that it probably works out extremely differently. But still, Disney's number is insane. WWE's number, even though it's nowhere near, is still bad. To 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 fire or fire or put on furlough, I guess, for the producers, for example, with the backstage staff, got most of them got furloughed. But under those circumstances, and then he's look at the numbers... Like though that five those firings would have made a dent, like the smallest dent, like nothing, <laughs> especially as they exceeded their expectations for quite a while. And it is like it is normal to underplay how much you are expecting. Like the in terms of the company guidance put out, they would have underplayed what they were expecting. Their first, like, oh, we made more than we were expecting, but this amount after getting rid of that much talent. And that, that talent. it's not just the talent; it's all the people working at the office, people working at the on the backstage stuff in terms of creative as well. Just all of that world uh, production, the amount of people who no longer have jobs, and the reasoning for it. 
there's the moral, the morality of the the morality of the reasons they were fired is pretty crap, and that sucks. So, but now, and now I've got the numbers to see it. The numbers show, yeah, that was really sucky. There's absolutely no reason for that to have happened. In terms of this, they could easily have paid those employees their wages, just kept them on. The money they've saved from it is so small and makes so little difference that really it is absolutely. I call it immoral. That's the best way to put it. Because the world they are in, the stock market world, is immoral. It's all about that line. As in, you are working to to money as a... Like, money is essentially God. <laughs> in this world, you are doing everything you can to please that world. To please that God. To get as much money f- from the money God... <laughs> this is my default. Losing, I'm losing it. <laughs> to get as much money from the money God as possible. That's what, all, and, and nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how immoral you are, all that matters is you get that money from the money god. And I'm trying to make the <laughs> metaphor work because I've gone completely off the rails. But still, it's that's all that world cares about. And with WWE, that's exactly what they've done here. They've saved a little bit of money. The biggest money saved from the, like, the announcements from last week were WWE not moving to the new headquarters. I think it was in also in there were plans to build another wing on it as well. And... That not doing that has saved them a hell of a lot more money than the firing of the talent. You put the two together, you obviously get a bigger sum. But still, it's you look at the amount as well here, just how big of the jump it is over the guidance, or the previously stated guidance, because it was rescinded given situation where suddenly everything became unpredictable. So yes, yeah. anyway, I'll read through. I'll read through the rest of the stuff there before getting Vince McMahon's comments afterwards. Uh, so, just kind of go with it. So, uh, COVID-19 had a limited financial impact in the quarter as we, WWE, adapted our business model to produce content in new ways and reduced costs. Uh, they continue to produce compelling content and provide a much-needed diversion for everyone in these difficult times because they are, wo- they are woven into the fabric of society. Oh, <laughs> everyone's taking the piss out of that statement. I don't need to do it anymore. I can just have one final laugh at it. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, oh my word, what, what nonsense is this? <laughs> Blindly believing your own self to such a degree, um, and taking precautions to protect the health and safety of our performers and staff. Where if you look at the backstage videos coming out, oh, oh, I don't know if they get in tr- getting in trouble with those videos. I, I'd assume they would, especially given over the past week the attention that those videos got where they are not keeping to the guidelines backstage where WWE statement was as soon as they finished the performance everywhere else like all precautions are taken the videos are contradicting that so wildly like especially if you look at Nia Jax's uh, is it TikTok or Instagram it's one of those bloody things I don't follow them <laughs> you're lucky I'm on Twitter so yeah, uh, WrestleMania generated a remarkable level of engagement and demonstrates our crea- our it being WWE creativity in an unprecedented time. Uh, WWE set WrestleMania week viewership records with more than nine. Uh, I didn't really need to know all this stuff. Uh, it was up from twenty percent of last year, so it did go up. Uh, WrestleMania was the most social event in WWE history, uh, with more than thirteen point eight million social media interactions on all of the sites. Uh, WWE Networks WrestleMania Weekend Subscriber Editions that's over the course of the weekend measured from Friday to Sunday uh, were the biggest in its history uh, at that point they reached a peak of 2.10 million subscribers 
Given the uncertainties of the evolving environment where they implemented various short-term cost reductions and cash flow improvement actions, which they yeah, talked about, the cost reduction stuff, uh, included, which included decreasing executive and board member compensation, decreasing operating expenses, that covers the whole wider stuff that we've just talked about, cutting third-party staffing, that was more production, uh, setting up for venues, uh, consulting and talent costs, and reducing employee headcount by way of furlough. <laughs> so, of course, uh, the big thing there is the wrestlers aren't employees. So they can say that statement, and it is 100% true. The staff at the WWE headquarters and the producers and all that, they are employees. The wrestling talent themselves, being independent contractors, I don't know if they can be furloughed. Because they're independent contractors. Depends how it works, obviously. I knew that they are able to receive some form of compensation. I know that is true. But I'm not sure what exactly. <laughs> I know there's something you can apply for where it's perfectly... Where you can actually get some income from somewhere... Uh, to help you out in, this, in these times, but they can't be furloughed. So, mate, so in firing, so that, yeah, so WWE's ended up firing those people, and they don't have to put in here that they fired wrestlers. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, cash flow improvements included uh, deferred spending on our new headquarters, which I've just talked about, uh, and yeah, and that reduced, oh, yeah, that reduced <laughs> by 140 million. When I said it was a lot, they did, the firing of the wrestlers themselves like saved so little that the in comparison, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> that 140 million—that's the big one with the headquarters. Uh, they continue to believe the company's growth prospects remain strong. Don't forget, this is really for the investors to make them feel happy in their investment and not pull out during these troubled times. So, when you see this and you see all this, like people, like actual people, have lost their jobs for this. And it's, yeah, it's just, from the outside, it's just like, how is this possibly worth it? That is what that world is like. It's ruthless. It, it really, it has no, it's, yeah, it doesn't, have, doesn't really care for morals. It's pleasing the money god. And that's what this is. Yeah. We've adapted and we'll continue to innovate our businesses. Oh, this is PR nonsense. There is no real need to read any of this. Uh, uh, we believe we are well positioned and can take advantage of the changing media landscape and rising value of live sports right over the long term. Basically just reassuring that there is no reason to panic. You can still believe in us. If things are going to be fine. In fact, we've done better than we expected. This all comes a little bit interesting when you look at the next things in terms of the, I guess, the ratings and if things are fine or not. So uh, Vince McMahon, when talking about what was what I've just gone through there, just to summarise, saying our first quarter financial performance was strong and largely unimpacted by the COVID-19 outbreak. Now we are in the midst of unprecedented times which require us to be especially nimble, creative and efficient in order to ensure the long-term value of WWE. We are taking precautions to protect the health and safety of our performers and staff as we produce content in new ways, engaging fans with a much-needed version. I've already read all this stuff. He's just reading that out. <laughs> There's no need for me to read that. So it's, when you hear that, it's just a little bit, mm, a little bit suspect, I guess. <laughs> it just, especially with the main topic of this video. So, yeah. Another British person in the chat. I finally checked the chat. <laughs> I thought, hello, Adrian. So I, I should have just made a, 
or reference people listening on podcast form. I've got no idea why I just did a Rocky thing, <laughs> but I've done it. So there you go. Near Burnley. That's not how. I did Birmingham accent for Burnley. I do apologise. <laughs> and yes, that was a Birmingham accent. I just did it with no emphasis. <laughs> Sorry, it's just I me mean, like I'm yawning like the um, thinking statue in Night at the Museum. So yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> just, uh, that wasn't the thinking statue. I, I could go on a tangent now about Night at the Museum. I'm meant to be talking about this. So all that came from me reading a name on the, uh, sending in the messages on the live chat. So well done me. <laughs> so anyway, so I've, I brought up the viewership. How long have I actually been live for that to go through? I'm 20 minutes in, bloody hell. So when I was just saying about the yeah, the numbers have been a bit higher than they were expecting, it's done pretty well. Um, so I'll read Vince McMahon's statements first, then I'll actually look at the numbers. So in terms of the, I guess, the shows in a way, it's like, it's, I'm just going to read, yeah, Vince McMahon's statements, it's brand new for us, it's a different show. Uh, we're going to get there and already turn it into somewhat of a positive. Uh, Smackdown virtually been has been virtually no change. Uh, Raw has suffered, but not necessarily because of the environment. But we've brought in a lot of new talent. It takes time with new talent. I'm convinced Raw's ratings are going to bounce back considerably. That's what he says. Obviously, again, the meaning of this call, to make investors feel a bit so happy. So, McMahon and... Oh, Riddick's the name of the other guy. It's the first time we begins with F. I'm really good at this stuff. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the ratings, they... Uh, talked about how the Raw SmackDown viewership has held up despite the PC empty shows, empty arena shows. That is true when you look at the numbers for March. As soon as you jump to April, that is not not quite the same. So if you look, so I'm going to look at the numbers for Monday Night Raw. If I go to, I guess, the last week of April. I guess it is so. So in March, you're looking at two point, two point two, two point one, two point three, two, one point nine, and then and then two point one. So in April, you're already looking at a dip below. They've not. They've only uh, yeah below two million is what they're kind of hitting. And as numbers are just read out there, they're mostly apart from one week, they are above two million. There's been a dip. And for SmackDown, if I just look at it, it is also trending downwards as well. From two points, is that seven? Is that in? Is that before WrestleMania? Yes, it is. So in March, talking about two and a half million, two point five, two point four, regularly. Uh, last week scored two point one, and two point three the week before that. Uh, higher up in two, like two point three seven the week before that. So it's trending downwards. Both shows are trending downwards, and. Obviously, this is the post-WrestleMania season as well. This happens normally, where it goes up WrestleMania, and then they just disappear over the course of time after that. Like, I myself have done that. I've not watched Raw or SmackDown for two weeks, I want to say. When was WrestleMania? Time has warped. I've got no idea what's going on now. But there is there is all of like that jazz happening. <laughs> That's called me clicking and trying to just bury time whilst I'm clicking through to the next thing. But in terms of Vince McMahon's statements there, or McMahon and the other guy whose name I've already forgotten, Riddick, <laughs> in terms of them just saying that they reckon the numbers are going to bounce back, that they've done pretty well, actually. They've done really well. They didn't say anything about bouncing back. What would they? They've done really well. There's nothing to bounce back from. They've done perfectly fine. Numbers have held up. They're not now in April. 
So it's up to like a point, the numbers are holding up and doing relatively well. It's kind of like you suddenly then you have WrestleMania, WrestleMania happens and then it's back to the empty readers again. And now the numbers are going down. Now there isn't WrestleMania being built to. You are seeing a considerable drop. And I don't know, obviously we're seeing the drop over the course of time. I don't, I suspect it's not going to go much further down. It's going to hit a point. Maybe in this area, like for for Monday Night Raw, where it ended up in that like one point eight, one point nine area, I suspect it won't go much further down than that. Like the NXT and AEW nights, they've both kind of ended up on the like six hundred thousand, five hundred thousand area for both shows. Neither really going up or down. Like from week to week, it's really close between both shows. There isn't any dramatic jump. There isn't any dramatic fall. They're within a very similar space. To each other week after week. And AEW this week was the first time they've won, I guess, since the WrestleMania kind of bulk of weeks where NXT just beat... They didn't boss them, but they beat them. And it was extremely tight, like, each week. Here, NXT had a little bit of a drop. AEW didn't really jump up in terms of ratings. So it's an example of the... Isn't really an up or down. It's just a consistent six and a half hundred thousand. That's what AEW's getting. WWE, WWE, NXT this week drops to 500, I want to say 590,000. Not because I was keeping up with this instead. But yeah, so there's all that. <laughs> there's all that to keep on, to kind of keep a look out on. And I reckon, if you care about the numbers, that is. This is all about the numbers. It's Royal Rumble season. It's not, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's numbers time, baby. Ah, <laughs> oh, this thing is lockdown sending me crazy it's into a completely mental state anyway so in terms of the well in terms of the kind of COVID-19 thing that was also brought up as well where they weren't as affected as much as they were, were thinking they might do the thing is in terms of the next quarter did they did do enough in this conference call to convince investors that the next quarter is going to be fine like the last quarter you've done all right this next one setting them up are they going to do pretty well it's it's interesting so first off I'll, I'll read like the question and then the answer because Vince McMahon then started taking questions so uh, I, I've not got who asked the question but I've got the question and the answer uh, what does WWE look like on the other side of this uh, one or two things to highlight today as you work through this experience uh, Vince Man says, I don't know that we're going to be in the live event business as we were before. Uh, we're ready if it's allowed. I think it's going to take a while for consumers to come forward and uh, want to be put with 70,000 70, yeah, yes, that's the right word. 70,000 people in MetLife Stadium. If anyone can figure out, we will. Uh, I think it's going to be more contain, content oriented, not in terms of live events, more social and digital media. So in terms of, because the, the questions then jump into the future as well. So the first one just being, just the idea of live events anyway. That's not being, that's not going to be up to WWE whether it'll work or not. It's obviously, like, a state can open up. Where obviously, looking at what's happening in America from Europe, it's like, are you not watching us? Like, are you blind? Are you mental? What are you doing? That's, that's the feeling over here in Europe, where we have got it. America is... Like next to happen, we are the path, <laughs> and a lot of Europe locked down, and with states opening up, like from Europe, our advice would be don't do that. No, as in it had that idea to just open up after a couple of weeks 
It's not been tested because no one's been stupid enough to do it. But even if you do do that... Sorry, I'm so childish. (laughs) Even if you do that, that doesn't mean the people in those states are actually going to be willing to go to events. Even if you're like, no, it's fine, we'll put on baseball games for a little while or whatever. Even if they do that, that doesn't mean that people are going to feel fine to go to a massive wrestling event. And this man is totally right here. Just saying that even if we do open up, like that, that cannot be the core that we're looking for. We cannot bank on setting out arenas and doing big shows because the likelihood is for this next little while that's just not going to happen. So that's a relatively good response to that question. It tells that he didn't, he didn't go with screwed or <laughs> anything like that. But yeah. So anyway, so the next part of that is the TV deals, which is like the immediate next question, which flows on obviously really well from what we're just talking about. Uh, is there any risk we need to think about that your broadcast partners say uh, this isn't the product I pay for, uh, with there being no live audience? A very, very good question, <laughs> which obviously, so yeah, uh, our partners are not doing as well as they'd like to, uh, nor are we. In terms of the content, they totally get it. So, this reassuring that the networks aren't like we will, like like with Fox, for example, like we were wanting that three million. This is not what we're getting. This content will never reach that. Uh, if you don't get it up, we'll book up for that or start doing live shows again. We're going to cancel you. There is no talk like that. They're to- seemingly. By Vince McMahon's words, to reinsure the investors. So you, you take it with a pinch of salt, but he seems to be answering these questions relatively well. That the, the networks themselves, they are under the exact same struggles as he is. And therefore, totally understanding, because everybody is in the exact same boat where they can't do stuff. Uh, they're lauding what we're doing. Uh, we have a great relationship with both partners. Uh, they have our backs as we do theirs. That obviously helps with the networks as well. So, it's, yeah, that's, I guess, in a way, in terms of with the question, which has been brought up by quite a lot of fans, are the networks going to be fine with the dropping numbers, with the no audience shows? Are they going to be fine with all that is happening? The answer seems to be yes. Because, again, if you're in the wrestling bubble, you do, you do need to escape the wrestling bubble. Just like I say with, because, uh, again, I've always been interested in world politics. As I say with politics... Get out of the Twitter bubble. That really, really helps just to get like the wider picture in terms of what people are actually thinking. Because you can easily get in the Twitter bubble, get in that mentality, and kind of just get stuck in there. And, and when 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 something happens that isn't in line with that line of thinking, it's kind of like, oh, how on earth could that possibly happen? It was so clear that this person was the thing. It's like you can easily get stuck in a bubble. It's like really important just to break out of it and just experience what people are actually thinking. Obviously, it depends where you live. If you live in London, nobody looks at you. <laughs> totally. Like, I, I live in Nottingham, and uh, yeah, you walk through the park, and you'll say, hey, up, uh, Tommy Duck, <laughs> just say hello. And like in London, if you look somebody in their eye, it, you think they're going to kill you. <laughs> it's like, why are you looking at me? I will punch you in the face. <laughs> it goes like, okay, okay, I'm sorry for looking at you. <laughs> I apologise. like, it's really interesting with London and like like the big city of London. Of course, I'm like way more north. Where it's just I live pretty like I grew up in parents' house, which is pretty near a nature reserve. <laughs> it's just like uh, it's and what you do go for walks, and everybody says a up a up to each other. You get again the Tommy Duck if somebody, if you let somebody pass you. It's just like yeah, not in London. <laughs> I know I've got a massive tangent here, uh, so yeah, but they are all in understanding of the situation 
And that really does help with this. And it's a big question answered. Are the networks... Are the networks talking to WWE like, you've got to pep up, you've got to keep doing this content? And the answer seems to be that they are fine and understanding of the situation. Whether that would be the case if WWE were unable... Like, the quality of the shows went down even further because they were unable to produce the content even to this level in the future... Uh, for example, if Florida Governor completely changes his mind or what he's doing backfires, which it likely will, then of course you don't. Yeah, tomorrow's the big day for that. I don't. I've not looked at the list of states actually opening. I probably should have before talking about this because Vince McMahon brings it up in terms of other states that are willing, and that kind of sounds a bit like like in line with the thing. Somebody did ask. Uh, if you if Florida put, did put out a statement saying that you weren't able to do any shows in the state, what would you do? Would you be screwed? And he's like, no, we've got we've got other locations where you're talking about, and we've got other states who will be more than willing to let us produce shows there. So yeah, the benefit of America being a massive country, like Englishman, tiny little island, like our speaking of Florida, like our country is about the size of Florida, if not a little bit smaller. I don't know whether to add Northern Ireland. Like an island and northern island to it, just to make us a little bit bigger, to give us an advantage. <laughs> but yeah, like just as an example of like the how big America seems to us, like our entire nation is the size of one state. It just it paints the picture. In terms of WWE finding a place to air their shows, that is a massive benefit for them. Uh, of course, in terms of a lockdown, that does limit quite a lot of the places, and they would have to move from one state to the other. And depending on the state, you've got certain restrictions, in terms of travel especially, uh, and people coming from one state to the next. And you don't know which state's going to have the outbreak next. It will be a next. It's not, it's, not, it's not just the set states that have currently got it. Other states will get it next. And those, you'll be able to track the numbers now. There are, will be states who are currently bubbling under the surface. And if they're not locked down, there might be a big issue. But I don't know. I need to look at all this stuff. I've thrown enough numbers today anyway. Uh, so... I've already brought up the next question. So we've talked about the, I guess, network, with the actual numbers themselves in terms of how they're doing, how they've done in a little while. Then we've talked about how the networks themselves are reacting to it. What about quarter two? Because this was quarter one. Someone asking, should we think quarter two will be profitable? Uh, And the question also brought up how, uh, in terms of the uh, WrestleMania in front of no fans, the fans typically represent about 15 million. In terms of that, that in terms of the revenue from WrestleMania, the amount of like all the fans being there in terms of ticket sales and everything, they, they have some revenue from that. That wasn't there this year. So, yeah, in terms of the the money coming in for quarter two, should they believe that it's possible? It was profitable. Uh, Vidic answers this one. Uh, yeah, I believe so. We're not in a position to give guidance, but based on cost reductions, WrestleMania should be profitable. So there is that to go on as well. Um, also, not a position to give any guidance about another Saudi Arabia event, because, of course, it's not just America, how, what's their timeline for dealing with the virus, it's also other countries. You can't travel to another country if they're also in a pretty bad state, even if your country opens up. So, so yes, there is that as well. I am just scrolling through a couple more things. And I've already talked about my life stadium as well, so I've already done that as well. Let's just say, oh, okay, yeah, so 
so in terms of that uh, next question, is there a good way to think about the net impact change to Raw and SmackDown on a per show basis? Uh, just in Orlando at the PC relative to live event losses along with merchandise. Uh, Vince McMahon says the cost is nowhere near. We barely have uh, have to change anything. Uh, not moving anything in or out saves a lot of money. At the same time, we need an audience. You don't want to just continue to produce in a studio environment. It's certainly more cost uh, more costly on a remote location. Uh, I have to give kudos to all the performers. Uh, yeah, assuming to do all that stuff as well. It also came out today in terms of the backstage workings for that uh, Boneyard match as an example of a remote location match that they did. Um, apparently Triple H asked... I can't remember who asked... It might have been on the bump or it might have been on an interview. Triple H was asked uh, what Vince McMahon said in terms of the creative of that uh, match. And he said, apparently Vince McMahon's like, I don't know, just make it good. <laughs> and Triple H did do exactly that. So the Triple H influence as well, been riding in on a bike to a Motorhead song. <laughs> it's like you could... Tell there was Triple H influence when it's a Motech song playing right at the start. <laughs> it really does play into that. And quite a few things have been delayed, like the pay-per-views to other network, other providers. That's obviously been delayed due to COVID-19. Uh, the WWE Network reshifting is obviously affected by that as well. Because there's the idea of a free tier, a paid tier, then an extra tier as well. But with the pay-per-view thing also delayed, you've got to assume this bit as well might be delayed a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, so, it also, in terms of live events, another question where we have seen advertisements or we have seen theatres and shows that are talking late June or July in terms of putting on another show. Uh, Vince has asked if he has any guesses when he will have his next live event with WWE. He replies saying, uh, no, not really. Don't have a date. Uh, we have holds on buildings naturally. Uh, I, have no, I have no idea quite when, frankly. I don't think anybody does. So again, just to address a question that has been put out there, was it uh, have you, yeah for the people out there of them promoting show uh, not only promoting shows but that I guess buildings themselves putting out promotion for the shows like do you expect to be out June or July and she's like no, we've got no expectations at the moment. So yeah, which again, somebody in Europe, yeah, that's the perfect way to be talking about this. He's being pretty realistic with this, and because okay, it's all about the the money and all that. <laughs> so he he really is focusing pretty damn well on all of it. Uh, personally, <laughs> it does. He's talking about it in a pretty realistic way. He's not BSing around it. Um, so somebody actually asked him about the cost cutting being aggressive. In yeah, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> Just like, was it even worth? Was it necessary? So uh, cost cutting seems aggressive. Something something more dour ready to happen. Uh, Riddick says, uh, Overall, we're concerned about uncertainty and impacts of government regulations and societal behaviour around COVID-19. Since we don't know that, we since we don't know that, we felt the need to be overly cautious. Vince McMahon saying, The odd expression is, cash is king. We're just making certain that we're being conservative and, as Frank Riddick says, being overly cautious. So... Yes, it's... It, yeah, again, the numbers make it look like it wasn't necessary to fire, to release any employees. That said, they had... They'd hoarded talent for two, for way too many years. They hadn't... Because when I was uh, growing up watching wrestling, uh, I grew up watching wrestling in the noughties. <laughs> Which is an odd sentiment... It's an odd sentence to like say 
to wrestling fans as a lot of them are older, especially with the Attitude Era kind of thing. Yeah, just to explain to somebody that like I started watching wrestling in 2005, it's just like, you, you what? <laughs> you child, why are you covering this? <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, f- I find it funny that that sentiment is still there. Uh, and I'm at, I'm at a point where, uh, yeah, there's way younger people, like 2005 is nothing, obviously now. Oh, scarily enough, people grow older. Oh, like us millennials, we're like in our thirties. <laughs> I'm not in my thirties. I'm getting there close, but like, yeah, in the thirties, not just having jobs, but getting promotions in higher up in those jobs. We've we're working proper things now. Got families. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm going off topic wildly again. Uh, I can't remember what I was talking about now. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, in terms of. The I guess the backstage morale, which is another thing that has come out in terms of I've tried to cover the bases in terms of uh, like backstage leaks that have happened over the last few weeks in terms of the happenings of WWE. The next one is talent morale and them about uh, COVID testings and the kind of worries about working there. So uh, could you talk? A questioner asked, could you talk about talent morale? Uh, players and unions have wanted safety restrictions and how you're thinking about COVID nineteen testing. Says, as far as testing, we do everything imaginable. We have this whole form you have to fill out in terms of if you've been exposed, not only monitoring our talent, but also our employees. We put talent in a sequestered hotel. Uh, we have changed the turnbuckles and ropes in between matches. We have a pandemic level cleaning. Uh, Paul tells us what the new stuff is that you... Oh, okay. <laughs> Who cares about that? Triple H jumps in saying... Oh, he goes into a bit of detail. I've not read this bit. I, just, I skipped it last time. <laughs> I jumped to the next one. Uh, they have a spray that makes it clean to surface. Uh, the surfaces, once it's coated with this, it acts like a sword that punctures the cell wall of the virus. And that lasts 90 to 120 days. Uh, PC, tra- training facility, warehouse and production trucks have been treated. That's not like a very battle way of describing a detergent <laughs> All right, and he should write the adverts for it over here we had Barry Scott <laughs> so yeah uh, majority of my audience won't get that reference bang and the dirt is gone I don't know if that's another reference of Peter, Peter Serafinovich had a sketch show where he was Barry, uh, the Barry Scott cleaning gun like bang and the dirt is gone and the woman's crying in the background as her plate has now been smashed by bullets <laughs> so yeah uh, anyway and uh, and this man uh, adding, and when testing becomes more prevalent, we'll be right there. Uh, our talent has taken this as a challenge, which has always happened with us. They realise people are sitting at home bored. Uh, talent has really risen to the challenge, putting over the wrestlers and things. So I feel like it's not really a massive accent on it. Uh, also, the other major major announcement I put in quotations is... Uh, WWE 2K21 will not be happening. There, as Riddick put it, there's not going to be an annual launch this year. No WWE 2K game this year. Where, like, my immediate thought, first question was, if there wasn't COVID-19, would there have been? And it's one of the things where I, because I'm also interested in the video game industry and all the workings around to do with that, like, would there have been? It's... I, I personally think because it's uh, 2K who are one of those companies that uh, they yeah they do pretty egregious stuff just to get the money for the monetization. They'll pump out a game every year no matter the quality. Hence, shown from 2K20 last year, I assume they probably would have. They 100% should have not. It should as in this after last year, this needed to be a reset year, especially as the game behind the scenes has changed studios, uh, and that's why it was so crap last year. 
like that happened and now they've got the change between studios and then uh, the game was awful when it came out and it's still full of bugs that doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to get a broken game when you play it it's at the point now where again I don't play it and this is more word of mouth of people who are uh, where you can play the game and experience very little bugs but that's because you're lucky those bugs are there you just need to trigger them or encounter them and a lot of it's to do with luck because in terms of like figuring out a bug, it's about repetition. Can you perform it? And I guess in re- can you recreate it? And the answer at, the, at launch was almost everybody could recreate stuff. Like the bug where when it became to 2020, the WWE 2K 2020 stopped working. That is amazing. <laughs> How does that even work? I have absolutely... Obviously that's a like, code error. As in, uh, uh, yeah, the actual coder didn't have the time to correct that line of code and when, whenever it triggered oh it's amazing <laughs> it's an amazing bug for a game called 2K20 to not work in the year 2020 that's my favourite but everybody could replicate that the other kind of crashes and things not everybody can replicate that my point being it was a broken game they've put effort into making it less broken now but it is still a broken game uh, I think one of the Nintendo creators said that a Delayed game will eventually be good. A unfinished game released will always be broken. Especially in terms of the mind of the people. 2K20, its reputation is that it sucks, it's broken, it doesn't work. Even if now they've patched a lot of it. It doesn't matter. That game will go down as a broken game. And that's how it is. That is the end of that. And... Uh, I, was, I was going to say, uh, apparently they are working to a uh, 2K22 game, but it makes sense to do that. That's more coming from... Because it was reported earlier this month that 2K will be working on WE 2K22 game. That was not addressed in this call, but that's like separate news that has come out. So that is that. But it's... Yeah, that game... Desert, it needed the year off, because the reputation of 2K20 is that it is a broken game, and that is the end of that. Which... As I was just saying, isn't always the case, but yeah, it is broken. Right, I'm just checking if there's anything else for me to cover. I don't think there is. That was the quarter one earnings report. Uh, so just to summarise as I slowly sign off, because again, late night, every word I've got to get to bed and do all this stuff. So the first quarter performance was stronger than predicted. And with the layoffs, more linking to the uncertainty of what they're going into rather than desperately needing to do it to survive. It wasn't out of survival, it was out of caution. But of course, people have been fired and lost their jobs during a pandemic over this, when they have the money to pay them. And that's the end of that. <laughs> there, isn't really, there isn't really much further to debate, because they are the facts, and yes, it's morally, uh, kind of, it's, it morally sucks, but that is the world they set up. And... Yeah, I, I could call, I could say that WWE were immoral in their actions because they were, but the stock market world is immoral, and they are completely in that world. Yes, they're a wrestling promotion, but like in this area, they're going to go for the money. There's a massive difference between WWE and I guess AEW in this way, where one is trying to please please the investors and the shareholders. AEW doesn't even have to think about that. NBA doesn't even have to think about that. They can just do their business. Look after their talent, put everything in place for that. They are for, foremost a wrestling company, and WWE has other things, and that means that they do immoral stuff. 
Because that's what I'm saying. Gotta please the money guard and make it shine money. Why am I picturing a sun? I don't know what's wrong with me with all that. Uh, but anyway, so numbers look stronger. The uh, TV stuff they said they were way better than expected, and they're do- actually doing really well. They're holding. They're not from April though, and they're continuing to fall. Uh, obviously. Because we're still in April, there isn't enough data to say did it fall throughout the whole of April. We don't know yet because April's not finished. Uh, I'm expecting it to steady out a little bit, but I don't know at what point. I don't think it's going to fall much further than it is now. Again, that's why I brought up AEW. Their numbers failed to a point, same with NXT. They fell to a point and have stayed at that point. Not really gone much further up, not really gone much further down. They've stayed within that same kind of bracket area. Both shows, really. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Both, as I was saying, this week AW didn't really jump. NXT fell. That's why AW won. So again, if you care, they're in those same areas. Uh, the conversation around Kenny Omega and his knee, or not his knee, Kenny Omega and the job. I just thought was it's one of those things where I currently have so little energy for wrestling that when it says the guy just covered a quarter one earnings report <laughs> for a wrestling company. It's like, oh, I've not got the time to invest in wrestling. <laughs> uh, the point being, like, when I saw that conversation popping up on Twitter, I was just like, who cares? <laughs> that's just, it's quite, I feel, as because I've disconnected a little bit from the wrestling world over this whole thing, just because I've just been busy, so I've not been as connected. But it's it's really, it, it found it, I feel like a person on the outside looking in, just like, this is, this is the nerdy argument over who's got the shiniest shield or whose shield would be who whose superhero shield would deflect the other's offense stronger than the other and it's like who like i don't care <laughs> i really don't care uh you know all this and it sparked off quite a interesting de- as i say interesting but it, it sparked off lots of debate out today throughout my timeline and people i follow are getting quite a lot of uh likes and retweets so com- congratulations to you got engagement. <laughs> you got engagement off this topic that I just found was quite weird <laughs> that it was gaining so much tra- I'm not really. It's wrestling Twitter, isn't it? But it's just... In every fandom, this happens. This isn't unique to wrestling Twitter. That's why I brought up the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. as comparing it to the superhero thing. Wasn't, wasn't comparing it to uh, like the 80s view where it would be nerds arguing over nerd things. Like No, this happens in, super, in superhero comics, movies. This happens in video games, in entertainment, TV shows, or whatever. Did did Carol Baskins murder her husband? <laughs> There'll be truthers on both sides of that. <laughs> I've only ever seen one side, but I, there's probably defenders too. That is probably a thing. The Tiger King community will come together. That'll be a thing. <laughs> but still, the yeah, I've lost, yeah, I just found that funny with the whole Kenny Omega thing. I'm just like, I don't really care right now. <laughs> the fact. The fact, people, I've got so much energy to care about it. I am, en- I envy you right now. I envy that you're able to do that. That that is a thing that you really care about during this whole situation. That you don't have so many stresses on top that you are able to just get lost in that and care that much. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just appreciate the fact that you do care that much and you've got the ability to do so in these times. That, that's, that's kind of like, why am I even arguing? Is my next thing. Just because there's so little to care. I'm starting to kind of wind down a bit. I probably should have signed off five minutes ago. But yeah, it's because last week's show was a bit longer. And I've seen the time on this one. And it's just like, oh, well, I've covered everything. Otherwise, this if I go into too much detail, this becomes a bit more uh, boring. Just because I'm not the super statistician 
I guess, anyway. Uh, I recommend checking out the WrestleNomics talk about this when that comes out. Because they're always totally worth... I've been plug- yes, that counts as me plugging Fightful. But I've plugged... I've yeah, plugged WrestleNomics like, way before they even got brought up onto there. So, yeah. Even though Chris Charlton on... Chris Charlton. <laughs> Chris Harrington on the show way back when. He insulted Pete Dunne. <laughs> oh, hashtag never forget. Anyway, uh, I'll be back next week to talk about some... Thing. I don't. I don't think there's anything happening next week, and I've not been watching Raw SmackDown, so we'll see how that goes. I'll talk. There's been outside wrestling world stuff, and given the wider world, what's happening? Like time is warped, and a week is of like it's back to being a kid where a week lasts forever, and so much happens throughout that week. So that is what's going to happen. We're getting closer towards Money in the Bank and what they're doing there. Can't climb the corporate ladder again. One of those things where I can look at it and go, I don't support the making of this thing, but I can selfishly say that I am excited to watch the corporate ladder matches. Like, yes. <laughs> Just with them dashing in as Flight of the Bumblebees plays. <laughs> as I chase through. I can't go much further into the tune, or try and be accurate, because copyright. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, I remember the world where people were saying, oh, we can't let this happen, otherwise you won't let your child dance to a song, and because it will get copyrighted. How awful is that? That is the world we live in now, and I think it's crap, but it's not destroyed the world. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm watching The Boys right now. <laughs> so I'm back onto that. Oh, corporation's bad. <laughs> kind of line. Anyway, I'll be back next week to talk about something. Hopefully this has been informative. Like, all the information I've said here are, is available elsewhere. I've plugged WrestleNomics, I've plugged Brendan Thurston. Uh, also plug uh, Mark Middleton's work over on the Laws of Pain slash Wrestling Headlines website as well. Uh, this entire video, I haven't gone into super detail on everything. I've gone into detail on a few things and the, the questions that Vincent Man answered as well. Anyway, that is this done with. Were the WWE firings necessary? I wouldn't say they were necessary. I, I don't want to give an opinion, really. I've, I'm, even though I just did. <laughs> I don't want to give too strong an opinion on this. Of were they were they necessary? I've given you the information. You can decide yourself. After everything I've said, and if you've gone off and you've read the separate information as well, what do you think? Do you think WWE firings were necessary, or completely not at all? Or have you made a judgment call before listening or reading anything? Because this is the internet. <laughs> it's just, without reading any of the information that we've got here, basically it reaffirmed a lot of stuff. To be fair, because there were, were there were rumours that. Not rumours, there was thought that this was like just to kind of save a profit margin. And it's like it wasn't even saving that. <laughs> they exceeded expectations and still did this. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, to, to end on that super depressing note, uh, please do listen to the other shows here on Laws of Pain Radio. Uh, live after AW, we've got Dynamite After Dark with Devon and Jeff. Fridays is currently the uh, WWF. What's it? Legacy series, bloody hell. The WWF Legacy series, uh, last week they covered WrestleMania 3. Tomorrow they'll be uploading another one, I think. Uh, Saturdays is our All Elite Wrestling stuff. Sunday, WWE. Uh, I'm live with Aftershock for those ones. Tuesdays, Kingdom of Honor with Jamal and Sven Jeff talking Ring of Honor, New Japan, what have you. We've had the Quick and Painless Wrestling Pro Wrestling podcast here on Lords of Pain Radio. And we've also got something else. Oh my word, I'm so tired and I've not written it into my notes Something on our own channel that I've not written down and I'm clicking through and my internet is really slow today so I'm not finding it. Oh, but da ba da Oh, um, interview with uh, indie star Ava Everett as well if you want to go and uh, listen listen to that as well. And and Tito's put up a thing <laughs> on the channel. Uh, three minutes long. 
I've been so busy today, I was meant to watch it before going on here so I could actually describe what it was. Uh, but I've not actually watched it, so that went up if you want to watch the thing Tito's done. I don't. I can't plug it any more than that because I've not watched it. <laughs> I don't know what he does. I don't know if it's a skit. I don't know if it's a, uh, a three-minute rant or something. A song? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll send you to that video expecting you to hear Tito sing. <laughs> You're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll be back next week doing something. That is the end of this show. I bid you adieu. Adios. That was a crap ending. I'm so tired. <laughs> Adios. And that is the end of that, Mr. Podcasty people. Yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit of a backstage thing. Like I there was it was necessary for me to finish washing the pots before I went live here, because tomorrow the room needs to be clean for the, something that's happening. And the dishwasher lies to me. <laughs> and I was, as you tell, one hour later, I'm bringing back the dishwasher. <laughs> it told me it'd be finished 15 minutes before I went live. I put it on 45 minutes before it lights. That's when I finished. It, oh, there was just a time thing. And then bloody suddenly the time goes up and then it goes up again and then again. And then suddenly it's still on for like 10 minutes to go when I'm meant to be going live. <laughs> so tensions, a rivalry is built and started. I'll get you, dishwasher. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to the podcasty version. If your extra content this week was a dishwasher rant. Oh, my word. <laughs> uh, again, as you can tell, I've I'd jumped from doing the pots to taking in as much information as I could in like thir- like 15 minutes or so. <laughs> like I was... Oh, I've, like the, all Everything you've just heard I've put together in like 15 minutes. Like I zipped around, <laughs> getting as much as I could. And I spent a little bit of time just scrolling up Twitter feeds and news reports. Uh, Mark Middleton, massive thank you. Brendan Thurston, massive thank you. <laughs> Help me a ton there. Anyway, I'm going to sign off now and go to bed. Hopefully you got something out of this show. Uh, I'll be back next week with probably something a bit more bollocksy. <laughs> I could say bollocksy because we're not live on YouTube right now. <laughs> anyway, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.